0: You're listening to Between Two Trains, a podcast that features business owners that are located in the North Metro Atlanta area. My name is Mark Apple. I'm the founder of Forward Push, a marketing agency that works with small businesses and startups.
1: And I'm Eric Moss, commercial banker servicing the Metro Atlanta area.
0: Excellent, Eric, good to have you here again as my favorite co-host. And today we've got Ravi from Imagine co-working Space with us. Looking forward to this episode and finding out what do you do when you don't have a physical office space and you need to be somewhere. So Ravi, go ahead and tell us what's the answer to that question.
2: Of course, Imagine Coworking of Atlanta uh, is your primary destination when you're looking for a way to get out of your basement or your uh kids bothering you in the office at home, or your company has decided they no longer have office space here in Atlanta. So we uh, really were founded more by coincidence. I got tired of moving around my office in the perimeter area over the last four years as rents have now doubled, and it became more and more difficult to find quality space that I could design myself and decided to purchase a building over on the Shambly-Dunwoody line. So we're on Perimeter Park Drive those of you that aren't familiar with where that is, right off of Savoy Road and near the Matt Italian, most people know as a good landmark, and decided that we would take a portion of the building and turn into a very small boutique co-working space. So we've got about 3,500 square feet, eight private offices, can house no more than about 30 members uh, in addition to the offices, and we've got all the amenities you could possibly want from a big corporate building. We've got a, a small gym. We've got a kegerator. We've got a soft serve ice cream machine. We've got two private conference rooms. We've got all the COVID protocols in place. So we're excited to kickstart. We should be opening uh, the next few weeks. Excellent.
1: So no keg, no keg stands with the uh, COVID protocols, I imagine.
2: Okay. Well, listen, you know, you you have to have, you can make a hole in your mask. We, we have strategies here. we're working on mark yes right there's the yes there's an answer for that
0: yes we'll figure it out that's right i I love the fact that you mentioned the gym first and then you said the kegerator and the ice cream machine that was that's the way that i usually do it i hit the gym then usually it's the bar and then it's for some soft serve so
2: there you have it Perfect. Perfect. perfect i'll tell you
1: what an interesting time to be in 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 the line of business that you're in Um, obviously the whole pandemic, the whole notion of commercial space has been redefined and the whole notion of where you work has been redefined. Um, has that been good for business?
2: Well, it's hard to say we're, we're just opening. So, uh, the challenge that COVID threw us was really just delay in getting the building, uh, finished and getting, a whole new footprint to the building. So we basically took what would be considered a BC caliber commercial building, uh, the old traditional brick buildings you see everywhere around town complexes, took that and turned it into a quality space when you walk through the door. So when you come in, there's an immediate wow factor of what am I walking into? So the beauty of it is we're right off the highway, uh, convenience is easy. We don't have challenges of parking and fighting to get in and out of more of a corporate tower type of building. We've got a, an immense number of parking spaces. So most of the things that you're challenged with in a, another co-working space, we've eliminated, but we'll see what the demand looks like. Uh, we're, we've been slow to get things up and running, but that's okay. I'm not in a rush. It's nice to be done with the the build out and now just take our time to get everything put in place. The website should be up. There's a landing page, but it doesn't say much. It just says coming soon, but in the next few weeks, we should have everything set up. So really just trying to get promote it, get the name out there, get people to come by more for a one-on-one, check it out before we get tenants in there so that people get a chance to be exposed to what it will look like and uh, what it could feel like if they were just there. And, and I think for the first few that come in before it becomes busy, what a great opportunity. I mean, right now there's two people in there on a regular basis. So uh, it's 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 effectively coming into your basement, but with a heck of a lot nicer setup and, uh, you know, full kitchen and, and all the amenities you could possibly want. It's interesting. Eric brought up a great point with the the
0: pandemic certainly is playing a huge part on how all of us are going to work, whether we're going back to offices, whether we're staying at home, whether our companies decide that they don't want their space anymore, but they want you to be somewhere where you've got things like you mentioned, all the amenities and really more of an office feel. What's your background that in 2020 you decided I'm going to open a co-working space while the rest of the world is saying stay home?
2: Yeah, great question. Well, uh, Ultimately, we had started it before 2020 rolled around, so uh, I'm not sure my answer will follow through to exactly the the why would I do this in the middle of COVID, but I still have the same confidence level I had then as I have now, maybe more conviction around what we'll be able to deliver that's a little different. But my background is actually in financial services, so I own and operate a, a full-service financial firm, so we do financial planning, investment management, We do we have a full tax practice, we have a mortgage company, we have an insurance division. So we're really a one-stop shop for individuals and businesses. And so the the idea of a co-working space for me was I've watched a lot of uh, businesses grow and develop from their garage to office space to needing more suites or their own office building. So giving people a path that we could give them a means both in physical space and then also the guidance at the same time. And the first 10 years of my career in financial services were. Training salespeople, training people in the financial planning, both investment and insurance companies, very large companies. So, part of what I learned through that experience was when you give people the tools necessary to be successful, uh, they don't have to make all the same mistakes on their own and learn from their mistakes. They can learn from others' mistakes. So, a big part of what I hope to bring to the co working, to our co working, to Imagine's co working space is really that expertise of different businesses that we already have as existing clients, existing partners, and my own skill sets of helping a number of businesses to develop so that besides just giving them a physical location they can work from, that we can give them the tools and resources, whether that's, I anticipate us doing monthly sessions on business development and marketing, so things that, Mark, your firm could certainly come and help people with. So. I think the opportunity, you know, a lot of times the idea of co-working is all about the networking and the open space and people being able to share ideas. So my goal is to take that to the next level and not only have it the people within the space, but also offer things that you don't even have to physically come into the space. You may just want to become a member of the co-working space so you can get your mail delivered so you can virtually be part of these business planning and business development sessions that we'll do, which will both be physical and virtual like this. Excellent. Can we, can we
1: talk hey, Robbie, a little bit? Yeah, yeah, Ravi. I'm curious. You know, you've got your main, your main business, which is financial services, and then you have this idea to create co-working space. Recognize the need. How long had that been stirring, and what was it that caused you to actually take the step and move forward with that?
2: Yeah, two twofold. Uh, I. For years, I had wanted to actually build a coffee shop. So if somebody's out there and steals my idea, more power to them, but uh, uh, call me up, I'm happy to do it with you. Uh, but for years, I had the idea of actually having a coffee shop in the front and a financial services organization in the back. So you might order a latte with a, a 3.2 mortgage rate, right? Um, and we can facilitate. The idea as every business knows is the hardest part is bringing traffic to the table. So how are you going to bring people through your front door? And so. Uh, That's been an idea for many years. I looked at a few different spaces to try to set up that business model. Um, Unfortunately, landlords weren't as excited as I was about the prospects of what we were going to do. Um, And as I stated, it it really was more by default, the idea of a co-working space. I ended up with a 11,000 square foot building and I only needed about 2,500 square feet. So uh, I now have five suites that we rent out. So we've got a handful of different tenants in the second floor of the building. We occupy about a 40% 40% of the first floor and, and decided I had this extra space. So what am I going to do with it? So part of it was what are all the features of an office that I would always want to have? I always loved the idea of imagine if I could have my own private gym, could I have my own bathroom with a shower? Could I have my own soft serve ice cream? Could I have my own keg? And certainly I can have some of those things at a co-working space, but not all of them. So we actually have an arcade. I didn't even mention that we have a, uh, an arcade with a thousand video games uh, that you can stand at your heart's content and take a break for 15 minutes. So I just had to conceptualize what are all the things I would love to have in my space, and then would other people have an interest in some of those things, and why not turn it into a small, intimate co-working space?
1: Hey, that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> does the does the arcade does it do the old school Pac Man? I'm sure. I mean. It, with-
2: it's- so it's, it's, it's an old school, if you can go and actually check it out. It's Micro Center sells them as a stand-up uh, two-person arcade. Uh, but it's designed to have only the old games that, uh, you know, Asteroids and Pac-Man. However, we have a client who is savvy enough to figure out how to add some additional games. So I think it's now been rigged to where there's a few hundred. I don't, I, I hear a thousand, but I'm not sure on that. But there's a few hundred. So now I think you can change consoles and play the uh, golden tea, and you can play Mortal Kombat, and all these different sort of, you know, NBA Jam, all, all the games. Uh, if you're, if you're, for my generation of '80s and '90s, all the games you might remember from the arcade.
1: That would certainly redefine Friday afternoons.
0: Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you, and you don't need a giant pocket full of quarters, uh, either.
2: Listen, I I figure by the time you get your mail. You pay to have your mail delivered somewhere you have a few soda pops uh at the bar over the course of the week and then you uh may want to play some video games or get some soft serve ice cream or some snacks and sodas you have probably spent at least what it costs to uh have a monthly membership at our co-working space so we try to make it very simple for somebody to want to say yes
0: let's Let's talk about the, the memberships. I know you mentioned that one level seems to be just a place for you to pick up your mail and, and, and get the ice cream and play some games. But what else is available? Because certainly there's teams of people that work for a giant corporations where they've got five or six or 10, 15 people here that might want a space. There's some that just have a handful. There's certainly the solo entrepreneurs that just really have been, you know, I think this last year is maybe driving them crazy, working out of a spare bedroom. Um, what are the different offerings and at all different levels? Yeah, great
2: question. So we have essentially two different ways that somebody can partake in the co-working space. We have eight private offices that range between about 100 square feet to 220 square feet, and that seems really small. But actually, 100 square feet is larger than most of the uh, small to medium sized co offices, private offices at other co-working spaces around town. So uh, Rome and in, in Shared Space and in Industrious and some of the others. So, um, although that sounds like a really small, it, it feels much larger. So, those are going to range in price from about $583 up to $1,000 depending on the size of the office. And the larger offices, you could easily put three or four people and desks in there. Uh, we also have desks and chairs available ready to go for somebody to come in, whiteboards, uh, so you, it's really ready. Just make it your own in terms of how you want to design the the, the paintings on the wall. Um, so that's one option. So we have eight of those. So we'll be leasing those out on on shorter term to longer term. So certainly, if a company wanted to come in and they wanted two, three offices because they had ten people in a department, no problem. We can accommodate. The other option is really just going to be a monthly membership, and we're going to start out at one ninety five a month. And we have space uh, within the co-working space for a total of 18 people to be seated, spread apart presently uh, in different sections of the office. And it's really just going to be on a first come first serve of where you would like to sit. So I have six private uh, desks, so they're set up with a 27-inch monitor. You can come, drop your laptop on, and work for the day. There's just not somewhere for you to leave your stuff and lock it up, although we do have lockers, so you can certainly leave some stuff if you want. If you're going to lunch or leave it overnight, throw a lock on it and and keep your laptop there. So we have those available. There's six of those in total, and they all have uh, whiteboard screens between them. So also, you know, for COVID protocol as well as, giving you the opportunity that you can take some notes while you're working throughout the day. So really to give you a, a very private setting, but again, still in a more general open environment. So we call those hot desks. So we have six of those. We have uh, a total of six bar top seats. So the kitchen is shaped as a big U. So in addition to ice maker and drink machine and kegerator and soft serve, there's two sides. Um, of that. So people can spread out, uh, at least four people can spread out and be more than six feet apart and sit at the, at the bar area and, and function and work. And there's, uh, in addition to Wi-Fi, there's Ethernet connection tied to all of these different desks, which is both, we've got fiber and, and uh, Ethernet connection. Uh, so my understanding is we've sort of doubled up on, on what we can get from a speed and reliability standpoint. And then we've got a little lounge area. So we've got a, a love seat uh, and then some private chairs. So if you've ever been to sort of the new modern fancy hotels, that give you those Darth Vader looking chairs with high wall sides. So we've got a few of those. So if you're on a phone call, at least it gives you a little bit of privacy. And then we've got a small um, bar top table when you come in that can host a few people as well. So that's really designed as a if you want to come in the office and you want to work, first come, first serve, decide what environment and area you feel is most comfortable, feel free to move around. We're not going to overcrowd the membership. Uh, our goal is to basically have two to one for every one of those seats. Uh, most places do more like three, four to one. So if they have 20 seats, they'll sell 80 memberships because the likelihood that the people come in on a regular frequency is so low. Uh, for us, we're just going to do two to one, and I think we'll have more than enough open space. It'll feel like you're in your own private office most of the time, I envision. Excellent.
0: It's, it sounds amazing. Let's go ahead and take a quick break here so that we can pay the bills, and we'll be back in 30 seconds.
2: You can't see me, but right now I'm doing a Google search for the services your business provides, and your website is nowhere to be found. Why is that? Did the person that created your website understand your goals and create a business strategy that considered your return on investment? I'm guessing not. Don't let this keep happening to your local business. Schedule your free marketing consultation at forwardpush.com, and we'll help you be found online. That's forwardpush.com. Welcome back
1: to Between Two Trains. Mark Apple, Eric Moss here, and we're interviewing Ravi from Imagine Co-working and. Ravi, you know, the pandemic has redefined. We kind of touched on this earlier, but I want to dive a little deeper. The pandemic's redefined a lot of things. Um, They say that 10 years worth of technology has been adopted in a matter of uh, a few months. Um, I know for for me, you know, large commercial banks, a lot of lines of business and whole job families are all uh, work from home temporarily. Um, and then going forward, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how everything breaks out. I can tell you candidly, Robbie, I get more done in the office in four hours than I do at six hours at home. And a lot of it is, is around my environment. I mean, if, if you saw, if you see my workspace, you know, at home, I've got my bills here. I've got you know, the do list here. I've got the, all the things that kind of can distract you. So I think there's a lot of value in a specific workspace. Um, but what kind of, what, what are you hearing in terms of the real estate game? I mean, has commercial real estate been redefined going forward
2: uh, from my perspective, it has, uh, you know, talking to different business owners that we work with and people in the commercial real estate field. Um, I think we're at very early stages of seeing that. Usually the commercial real estate market is a lag uh, of, you know, anywhere between 18 to 36 months behind what's actually going on in the economy. So we haven't even started to see what's going to be of the commercial real estate space yet because we're we're really we're only maybe six to nine months into changes in the commercial real estate of people being sent home. So I think you're, you'll see a lot of that. And to your point, Eric, I, from my perspective, going into this, we just saw it as, as I described earlier, what are all the things I would love to have in an office and let me share it with others Um, and bring ideas. And I, uh, for me, the most enjoyable thing that I do in my career has been and continues to be helping people see a vision of what they want for their future and what's the path to achieve it. So I saw coworking as just another extension of being able to give people a snippet of that. Uh, and then if they want to dive in deeper, they have other people like Mark or other businesses that they can talk to and, and take things to the next level. So that was the, that was the entry point. But now to your point, I think we're going to capture a whole nother audience um, And we're not going to have enough space. So I'm eager to see what happens with this, because obviously I would consider going and doing it again, Um, but one thing at a time. But I think you're going to have two things. I think you're going to have folks maybe like yourself or other companies that just decide it's worked well enough or it's worked potentially better. Why would we ever bring people back to an office? Or how about we downsize the footprint of our commercial space and let people that physically can work from home or travel or on the road? Why do they need to have a desk somewhere? And my sense is that you're going to have some of those people are going to push back and say, I am more effective in an office and you just took that away from me. So how do we meet in the middle? And I think what you're going to find is companies are probably willing to give somebody a stipend or a reimbursement, just as they do an allowance, if you will, to say, if you can find a space, you know, for 200, 300, $400 a month, more power to, you. you know, go, we'll give you that money because that's a cheaper value proposition for, for us to have to retain a commercial lease and improvements and all the things that come with that. So I think there's going to be a wealth of people in that situation. I also think that the co-working that has been built over the last five to 10 years in this boom, you know, certainly everybody knows the story of, of some of these massive companies that have created a brand new way of doing business. They weren't well prepared for COVID, you know, open environments and open spaces isn't exactly what you're looking for when there's uh, an airborne disease traveling around. So newer co-working spaces that had the ability to either one, adapt very quickly because they were smaller or their construction was designed in a way where they could uh, shift things a little more nimbly and do that, I, I think is really going to be an advantage. And you're going to see people be more willing to come back into that type of the space, perhaps quicker or make a change to that type of the space from a traditional, very large co-working environment. Um, the other thing is, I don't think they built as much of a community. And you know, we could argue that because I think um, you know some of the larger co-working environments feel like they have a tremendous community, but they had a community because they hosted events, and those events can no longer occur. So what you're finding, and I talk to people that have co-working spaces, that hasn't transcended into the virtual world as well. Whereas if we have an opportunity to do everything, both physical and virtual, simultaneous, then we've already created a culture and environment where people are accustomed to that and they have the ability to move between the two more seamlessly. So whether it's COVID now or whether it's whatever comes next and people don't feel as comfortable to be in the physical space but still want the attributes of that community and that networking and the advice piece that can come with it, I I hope that we'll be able to deliver in a more efficient manner. Kind
0: of piggybacking here on what Eric was saying. So Eric's in banking and you know, mentioning that he's more efficient in finding that being in the office is conducive to his working. And I imagine that, Eric, you probably have colleagues that would say the opposite, that I'm at home, I shut that door and I can get stuff done. And what took me four hours back at the office, I'm now doing that in three hours. And so I'm wondering, when I always think about a co-working space, at least the traditional ones, probably, you know, pre-COVID here, a lot of creatives, a lot of freelance graphic artists, writers, people that kind of needed to be around other creative people, but they were typically working on their own. So they needed that community aspect that you were mentioning because it feeds off the creativity. But I also know a lot of solo attorneys that worked out of some of these more traditional uh co-working spaces that you know that everyone knows about because they could get their own office, have themselves a couple paralegals in there, and they didn't want to pay the high rent going on in midtown or downtown. So for your spot, for Imagine, what what are you feeling out right now, at least with prospective members as we're talking about opening up here in the next couple of weeks? And then the flip side, in your head, who do you envision? Actually, maybe using the space because certainly the arcade, the ice cream, the gym, the kegerator um, sounds like an amazing place to come and work.
2: Sure, sure. Well, that, that's the idea, right? i give you that right. feeling of I uh, can't wait to show up. Um, great question. I, I don't have, I think some co working spaces by design want a particular industry or niche and they've catered to that in different ways. Uh, we very purposely have not. Um, in a perfect world, we'd get some different people from different avenues of the small business community. Um, would we be okay with a company coming in and wanting to put some folks? Sure. I You know, for now, listen, we got to pay the rent too. So uh, I'm happy if some of those folks want to come in and use an office. Longer term, I, I hope that that's not the, the clientele we're catering to because, again, I think the value add of what we're able to deliver in terms of helping businesses grow and develop, then it takes away from that. Uh, you're going to have folks that aren't going to engage in that. So some of the allure of what our space is all about goes away. Um, and I do think, though, the value of having different people, whether it's an attorney, an accountant, a financial professional, um, you know, I, we have a lot of clients that have said, hey, I'll take a, I'll take an office so I have a satellite location down there. Um, I think a lot of the value-add of co-working space as well becomes where most of your co working spaces are over the last five years are in the same places that your offices are, right? They're in perimeter, they're in Midtown, they're in Alpharetta. You're in very congested areas. So what's the value of the difference between going to a co working space or my office in terms of my commute? My so I I think that lends a lot to why you would choose a co working space that's in your suburban community is that it's five minutes down the road. I live ten minutes from my office presently and I'm about to move five minutes from the office um, so the idea that we have a big enough pocket of people within five miles of our location that could want to use it to me is the biggest appeal and so that could draw people from all different industries and sectors and and we'll just see how it plays out I think it will be a living that will be the answer to that question will really be a, a living and moving target of what happens over the next 12 to 18 months and and do we settle into a group of people that really gravitate towards one another and get value out of being in an environment with one another, because there's great idea sharing, there's great business development that comes out of that. Uh, You know, I think most people and both of you in your professions uh, are obviously well aware of this, is that the value of centers of influence and other people that work with other businesses is huge. And so being in an environment or around other people that have a different network than you is tremendous. It's just how do you foster and develop that those people are communicating and talking to one another. So I didn't go into all the details. Uh, Some of that, I guess we'll, we'll keep close to the vest, but I expect that we'll do plenty of, you know, recommended, we don't want to force anybody to do anything, but recommended types of one-on-ones. And it's taking all these themes from different business groups that are out there now. And how do we combine them into our environment? You know, BNI as a good marketing, you know, gets together different people each with a different respective industry. They all talk about leads that they had for the week. They then do one-on-ones and talk about the value they can bring to the table for some of the other party's clients. We'll do the same thing. We'll just line people up almost like this is your head-to-head matchup this week and, you know, choose to do with it what you will. But I think as we start to see some traction and people. Getting success out of that, it will just feed on itself, and more and more people will want to follow that type of a process and protocol. So, again, I go back to giving people the tools. Uh, we can't do it for them. We can just lay some of these things out and create a structure and framework for them to execute within.
1: Hey, let me ask you this, Ravi. Uh, that model that you described, you know, kind of the suburban close commute, you could have done this in a lot of places in Atlanta. Why shambly?
2: It was close to me. <laughs> I'm no dummy. Yep. I was gonna obviously put in a, an office close to where I live. Right? I like said I live ten minutes away, twelve minutes from now is my present commute, and uh, and I, I I hope to be in a few months close on a house and be uh. It's, it's literally one mile away, and I think it's a four minute commute. So, uh, yeah, that's that's home.
1: Can't can't beat that.
2: <laughs> Makes me want to go to the office.
1: Well, it is. I mean, it's it's let's face it uh, in Atlanta, you can burn a lot of time on the road and that's just windshield time. It's hard to be productive. It's not really safe to be too productive, but it's it's hard to to have that. It's nice to have that close commute. There's a lot of value there for sure. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think
2: I think for everybody that's had to do the commute, they recognize you're giving up one of two things, either productivity or family time and neither is necessarily a great trade-off for the get from point A to point B. So if we can, again, because we're such a small space, I mean, all these things really have to come together. One, we're in a suburban environment. We just happen to be in this unique little enclave of Office Park uh, on Perimeter Park Drive. Um, Two, the ability that people can get there very quickly and easily. We're right at North Peachtree and 285. So even if you had to get on the highway for an exit or two, it's literally a turn and a turn and there's no traffic once you get off onto those roads. So all those things, I think, just lend it to make it a much easier environment for somebody to want to, uh, explore.
0: So before we get to our one word game that we like to play with all of our guests, uh, where'd you come up with the name? Imagine.
2: You know, uh, I don't. I wish I could say that there was some grand story. Um, there, you'll find if when when you do come to visit our space, uh, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of ode to Einstein throughout, uh, both quotes and sort of pictures and and different things. And so, um, I had a great uncle who was a a, uh, a Renaissance man in his own right. He wrote a uh, uh Saul Quasha was his name, and he actually wrote the original song "The Chain Gang" back in the '50s, which was sort of his uh, profit and, and claim to fame, but he, he just had a fascination with Einstein and, um, uh, actually wrote a book on Einstein. So in, in part, this was a, uh, a way to, um, remember him and, and, uh, kind of an ode to him. So there's a lot of different, uh, quotes and pictures. And I think that that was just, I think a combination of Einstein and the little, uh, purple guy from Epcot, um, uh, that's also imagine, uh, or I forget the guy's name now It escapes me, but, uh, but anyway, just again, some neat themes and, and again, not trying to be savvy to the business community or the creative community. I think that word just summed up for me, this idea of, you know, what's possible. Um, and for everybody, the answer to that is different of what you're trying to accomplish and achieve, but, uh, imagine it and then work to go out and try to achieve it.
0: Love it. Love it. So you actually do have a story then about how the name
2: came about. I I don't know that it was set on any particular name, but there's at least a journey that it took to get there. Yes. Got it. Got it. So speaking of
0: words, I'd love to know what is your one favorite word? Can it be a phrase? Eric, should we bend the rules? Oh, I have a good I, story if we're allowed to use a phrase. I would.
1: I, I'm. I'm kind of curious to know what the phrase is. I don't know if it'll qualify, <laughs> but maybe. Maybe we can hear the phrase and then maybe summarize it. I don't know.
2: Yeah, so, 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 mine would be why not, and and that's a little different than yes, and I think it's a little different than you know, sort of maybe, but the why not is a lot of how I think about life, uh, both personal and professional is, and it, and this goes to the theme of imagine too, is sort of, you know, what, what's possible and, and, you know, why can't it be you and somebody else is, is working on something, whether they, whether something has already been dreamt of, and then you're just Finding a way to improve it or tweak it, I think my answer to a lot of things is why not? And why not? It can't, why can't it be us? Why can't it be me? Um, and so I'll tell you an interesting story. So my wife also uses that phrase a fair amount, and so we got engaged in Boston Harbor. I'm originally from Massachusetts, and was trying to find a location to get engaged. And I happened to call around these different boats that were in Boston Harbor, and this lady said, "We have this boat you can come stay on. It's called Why Knock." I said, "Well, oh, that seems to be a weird name, but okay, you know, sure, we'll give it a shot." I show up, and the boat happens to be named. And again, I've shared this is a phrase that I use, this is a phrase that she used. The name of the boat was "Why Not," but spelled K N O T. And so I thought that was very um, interesting and and a, a, a surely a coincidence. And I figured that was that was definitely going to be her answer. I was at least hoping when I asked her to marry me was uh, "Why Not." So. Uh, that seemed to work out so I I would say that's my word phrase that's my phrase very cool
0: yeah I I love that I I also when you said why not I also thought tie the knot and yeah asking about the wedding as well along with the phrase so obviously meant to be yeah there you go so
1: you get on that boat the rest is history y'all sailed off into the sunset
2: more or less. I don't know, no, it shelled off. It it was uh just stayed there, but it was uh yeah, something different, just a different experience as a way to get engaged. So I happened to uh ask her to marry me the next the next night looking at stars on the boat. It was it was pretty nice. Very Excellent. Cool.
0: That, yeah, that that is a great story and this certainly has been a great conversation. So we've got the co working space. Opening up here, hopefully in a couple weeks, people can uh, now come
2: in and preview. How does that work, so, and how can they yeah. get in touch with you? Sure. So I have two two ways to reach me. Uh, you can email me at info at imaginecoworking Again, that's info at imaginecoworking dot com. You can also call, which will forward to me. Uh, our number is 888-576-4624. Again, that's 888-576-4624. And our website, which is imaginecoworking.com, has both of those details listed on it presently. And I expect that to be up in the next week. And so there'll be multiple ways on the website that you can actually book a free day, uh, set up a tour. So um, all that will give you the ability to uh, come by. But if you'd like to know exactly where we're located, it's 2342 Perimeter Park Drive. That's Atlanta, uh, or Chambly, technically, 30341. Uh, so it's, again, 2342 Perimeter Park Drive, and we're uh, down the road. You pass all the brand-new townhomes uh, that they just built on Perimeter Park Drive, and as you head towards the end, we're the building down on the left. Come around the back, and it's 2342 Perimeter Park, and It's the first floor, but certainly call me or email me and I'll make sure that uh, we have everything prepared for you. And you can come in, tour the space, grab an ice cream, grab a beer. Not if you're driving far, but uh, grab some water. We have a water fountain in the gym with a a bottle refiller. I mean, there's a shower in the bathroom in case you're working out. All the things that you could possibly want. So uh, we look forward to just having people come in and check it out.
0: Great. I am certainly looking forward to coming by and getting my tour. This is Mark Apple from Forward Push. And Eric Most with Chase Bank. Excellent. And this has been Between Two Trains. We'll be having a new episode in two weeks from now, and we look forward to your feedback on this episode. And if you'd like to be a guest, just let us know. Thanks for listening.